Many years ago, near old Persia, lived an Arab king named Hakim. Hakim means wise in Arabic, and he was given this name by his parents, the former king and queen, in the hope that he would grow up to be wise, but to everybody's disappointment, he grew up to be foolish. He took no interest in the affairs of his kingdom. He had many beautiful horses whom he loved more than his wives and his children and his subjects, and he spent most of his time racing horses or hunting with his falcon. When he got tired, he would lie on a soft couch in his royal chamber, playing with his big dog, Ika, who he loved most of all. King Hakim left the affairs of state in the hands of his prime minister, Zorayik, who was cruel and hard. He collected heavy taxes from the king's subjects. Some of the money went to the king's treasury, where it belonged, to pay for the king's needs and to pay for the administration of the country. But most of the money Zorayik kept for himself. All of the king's subjects feared Zorayik, but most of all, the Jews feared him, because Zorayik hated the Jews and missed no opportunity to make life difficult for them. The Jews were led by the Chochambashi Abu Tzadik. He was wise and kind, and he was also a doctor and treated any sick person, whether they were a Jew or whether they were an Arab, and he would take whatever payment the patient could afford, or none at all if the patient was very poor, Lailenu. Zoraik was not only the prime minister, but he was also the chief judge. Every morning he would sit at the gates to the palace and wait for people to come to him with their disputes. Zoraik was not necessarily interested in the pursuit of justice. He was happy to hear these cases because it was easy for him to turn them into a source of income. One day, two Arabs came to Zoraik with a camel, each one saying that the camel belonged to them. Zoraik would say, Well, it's impossible to decide whose camel it is. The camel cannot speak to say who owns it, so I will keep the camel until you bring more evidence. So the two Arabs went to Abu Tzadik for advice. The Chachambashi told them that they should go back to Zorayik and tell him to sell the camel at the market and you will divide the money. If you do this, you will at least have half a loaf, which is better than none. So the following day, they came to Zorayik again and told him exactly what the Chachambashi advised them to say. But Zorayik said, You may be satisfied with half a camel, but justice will not be served. It is certain that the camel belongs to one or the other of you. Do not come back to me unless you have new evidence. So the poor Arabs came back to the Chachambashi and told him what Zoraik had said. Abu Tzadik was sorry for them, but he couldn't help them. So he said, This kind of justice reminds me of a story about two cats. They found a piece of cheese, and they brought it to the dog to divide it fairly between the two cats. The dog broke the piece of cheese into two parts. He weighed one against the other and said, No, this one is larger. I will bite a chunk. 
from the larger piece, which he did. Then he weighed them again. Now the smaller piece had become larger. So the dog bit off a chunk from the larger piece until it became smaller than the other. And the poor cats watched as the two pieces of cheese were getting smaller and smaller. Stop, said the cats. We're happy with the division the way it is now. But the dog said, You may be satisfied, but justice is not satisfied. The dog kept biting the cheese until there was nothing left. So the two Arabs told this story to their friends. And no one went to Zoraic for justice anymore. Instead, they came to the Chachambashi. They always went away, happy and peaceful, satisfied with the resolution, because the Chachambashi dealt fairly. Zoraic became jealous of the Chachambashi, and he swore to bring trouble to him and to all the Jews in the kingdom. In the meantime... Something happened which made the Chachambashi more beloved than ever before. A swarm of locusts was seen to be approaching the kingdom. Bedouin, who were grazing their sheep near the borders of Hakim's country, saw swarms of young locusts moving forward on the ground. Soon, as the locusts matured, they would grow wings and take to the air, and then nothing would stop them. They would eat everything that was green, the grass and the grain in the field, the trees and the fruits and the vegetables. No one and no animal would have anything to eat. So the Bedouin came to the king and saying, O oh, wise king, stop this plague, or we will all be ruined. The king said, Don't worry, my faithful subjects. Go home. I promise you. Not a single locust will reach your fields and your gardens. Hakim promptly called his prime minister Zoraik and told him, You are my prime minister. There is a plague of locusts approaching. You must stop them. Me? said Zoraik. How should I stop the locusts? I don't care, said Hakim. But you better do it, or I will have your head chopped off. I promised my subjects that not a single locust will enter their fields and gardens. Zoraic went home, sick with worry. What would he do? He told his wife of his trouble. She said, Why don't you go to the Chachambashi? Tell him the same thing that the king told you. Tell him that you will hang him on the tallest tree in the city and drive out all the Jews unless he stops the plague. A good idea, said Zoraic. But if the Chochambashi fails, I might get rid of him and the Jews, but that won't help me. And if he succeeds, he will become more popular than ever. It's not a good idea. Well, at least it's an idea, she said. And while there's life, there's hope. There's no time to lose. The locusts are growing every day. So Zoraic swallowed his pride and went to the Chochambashi. Zoraik told Abu Tzadik about the plague. You are responsible to stop this plague, or else. And then Zoraik told the Chachambashi what he would do to him and all the Jews if the plague was not stopped. Abu Tzadik simply replied in a calm voice, Yes, I have already heard about the threatening plague of locusts, and I have been busy preparing a special poison that will destroy the locusts before they grow wings 
I need 100 fast horses and 100 men who will race to the border and spread this powder in the path of the oncoming horde of locusts. Abu Tzadik took out a bag of the white powder. This is very dangerous for man or beast. Zurayik took a small sample from the bag and told Abu Tzadik that he would send him immediately a hundred men on very fast horses. And everything was carried out exactly as Abu Tzadik had requested. The powder worked perfectly. The young locusts, as they ate the grass, also ingested the poison powder. They spread the poison further amongst themselves. And before long, the swarm of locusts was completely dead, and Hakim's kingdom was saved. Word spread quickly amongst the Arabs that Abu Tzadik was a miracle worker and a holy man. They came to him with gifts, and they praised him in the streets. Abu Tzadik told them that it was God Almighty who had saved them, not him. If they wanted to show their thankfulness, they should be good to each other and good to the Jews, but there was no need for gifts. And therefore, what Zoraic feared came true. The Chachambashi Abu Tzadik became the most honorable person in Hakim's kingdom. Hakim the king even invited him to the palace and made him his personal advisor and doctor. And when Zoraic went home that day, he was the picture of misery. He told his wife of the honor that the king was showering on the Chachambashi and how he, the prime minister, was no longer the king's favorite. You see, he said, I followed your idea, and look what happened. The worst possible outcome. I have another idea, his wife said. Soon the Jews will celebrate Purim. When they do, they will send a gift of food to the king, as they always do. All you have to do is put some of the poison that the Chacham had prepared for the locusts into the king's food. Oh, you want me to poison the king and become king in his place? said Zoraic. No, you fool. You will save the king's life, and you will get rid of the Chachambashi, who you will accuse of attempting to poison the king. This is an excellent idea, said Zoraic. He waited impatiently for Purim, which was just a few days away. On Purim, the Chachambashi arrived at the palace with a large basket of hamantashen and other delicacies to present to the king, along with other costly gifts. Zoraic welcomed him in the hall of the royal palace, took the gift from him, and asked him to wait as he, Zoraic, would take the king the gift basket. A few minutes later, he came out again. The king will be pleased to see you, Abu Tzadik, said Zoraic. Abu Tzadik followed Zoraic, who had, of course, secretly put some of the poison in the hamantash. The king welcomed the Chachambashi, and they exchanged holiday greetings. Now, said the king, I see you've brought me a delicious basket of tasty goodies. Abu Tzadik, I would be delighted to share some of these delicacies with you. Zoraic, cut us some slices of this hamantashen, and I know you will not neglect yourself. I would like you to share in it as well. But your majesty, 
I have reason to suspect a plot. I think the food is poisoned. Zoraik cut a piece of the hamantash and fed it to the king's favorite dog, Ika. The dog ate the tasty morsel and soon dropped to the ground in convulsions. How dare you, roared the king to Zoraik. You've killed my dog. Not me, said Zoraik. I saved the king's life. I knew that the Chachambashi was plotting the king's death so that the Chachambashi would become king. As you know, all of your subjects love him so much since he took care of the plague of locusts, they would gladly crown him in your place. The king wasn't even listening. He was watching the dog. Suddenly, the dog jumped up with foam coming out of its mouth. It leaped at Zoraik, who was a very strong man, and tried to fight off the mad dog, but the dog managed to sink his teeth into the prime minister's arm a couple of times before he dropped to the ground in convulsions. Your majesty, said the Chachambashi, it may take a little time, but your prime minister Zoraik has been bitten by the mad dog, and he will become a raving maniac. With your permission, I have here some medicine which will neutralize the poison. I will be happy to give it to your prime minister right away. Forget about Zoraik. Give it to my dog instead, commanded the king. Oh, king, please have mercy, said Zoraik. Please do not permit me to become a raving lunatic. I confess everything. It was me. I took the poison from Abu Tzadik that he prepared for the locusts, and I put some in the hamantashen, and I poisoned your dog. I was trying to discredit Abu Tzadik in your eyes. In the meantime, Abu Tzadik took the medicine that would neutralize the poison and poured it down the dog's throat. And soon, the dog was completely well. The king was overjoyed. Your majesty, said Chachambashi, I can run home now and prepare some more of this medicine and give it to your prime minister. I will save him the agony of madness myself, said the king, by having him hanged at once. Take him away. The king's guard dragged Zuraik outside, careful not to let him bite them. From now on, said the king, you are my prime minister, Abu Tzadik. I wish you and all of my loyal subjects a very happy Purim. It will indeed be a very happy Purim for us all, Abu Tzadik said, as he bowed and left the king's palace. 